This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Looking at the TV, I got nervous. Dow extends losses. Dow extends losses after worst day since 2020. All right, I can deal with that. I don't like it, but I can deal with it. At first, I thought it was 2000. 2020, that's not all that long ago. I think we're going to be all right. This stuff goes up. This stuff goes down. That's the way it works. Hey, we are, uh, it looks like I think uh, Dr. Roz is going to pull it off in Pennsylvania. That's fantastic. In my opinion, yes, I do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Great man. Great guy. And uh, the Trump endorsement. It works. It works. It works. The fake news. Ooh, they wanted to dance on the political grave of Donald Trump. Ooh, you know, is what? what what's his record now? 201? 250 and one loss? Who, who lost? Madison Cawthorn. Oh, boy. Won't see him no more. He'll be back, actually. A good-looking guy from North Carolina in the wheelchair. Congressman, just uh, just too young for the job. Some 25-year-olds can handle it. He can't. He was immature and, you know, just a bit nutty. So he lost his primary. And I know Trump endorsed him. But the fake news is trying to make it sound like, oh, yeah, it's a no. This is the this is the golden ticket. Remember the golden ticket, the golden candy bar from Willy Wonka? The Donald Trump endorsement is what you want if you're in politics, if you're a Republican. Cut 18. Carrie Lake, she's going to be the next governor of Arizona. I'm thrilled to announce tonight that Senator Chuck Grassley has my complete and total endorsement. He's a great governor. He loves the state, has my complete and total endorsement. Greg Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott. I want to pick somebody that's going to win, and this man is going to win. Come on up, J.D. By the way, I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. All right, all right, all right. He puts it on the line. Most ex-presidents sit back on their ass, collect a big, fat presidential pension. You know they get one of those, by the way. Build some dopey monument and uh, library that nobody wants to see. This guy goes right back in the game and takes on the fake news. Uh, Cut 19. Oh, by the way. This uh, powerful endorsement that people keep winning with his endorsement. What do they say about it? Ooh, not so sure. Cut 19. Another big test of the former president's power and sway inside the Republican Party. These coming weeks are going to be the biggest test of former President Trump's hold on the Republican Party. This will be the first big test of the night of former President Trump's endorsement power. All right. Now that he passed the test and his winning record grows. The next morning, what are they like? Ooh, uh, 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 mixed bag. Uh, mixed bag. Cut 20. Yesterday's GOP primaries were a mixed bag for candidates backed by you-know-who. Not great news for Donald Trump in the North Carolina House primary. Where Trump endorsed, and I would call it a very 
mixed evening. So two thirds of Republican voters did end up casting their ballots for a candidate that Trump did not endorse. It's evident that it's not a done deal. President Trump endorses a Republican candidate. Hey, was that Whoopi Goldberg, the noted political scientist? Yes, it was. And somebody told her to say mixed bag. You notice they all said the same thing, a mixed bag, a mixed bag. The guy's on fire. The guy is absolutely on fire. The winning streak continues. And, yes, Dr. Roz is going to pull it out. And, man, oh, man, we were a little bit worried there for a while about Kathy Barnett. Hey, I'll say this about Kathy. I'm no fan, by the way. I think she's a bit of a fraud. I think she was lying on her resume. Um, You know, it's one thing to embellish. It's one thing to, you know, spruce it up a little bit. Everybody does a little bit of that. But to make things up and to have gaping holes and to say you were a veteran and that's like the biggest thing you got going for you and have no military accomplishments to speak of, the biggest thing she had was getting into officer candidacy school. Nobody knows what the hell that is. It doesn't actually exist. No record of her getting in. It's not the kind of thing you boast about. Anybody who's been in the military knows that it doesn't work that way. Very strange woman. Adjunct professor, where, what, who, nothing, nothing, nothing. So... I wasn't a fan, but, but, you know, she's about for the MAGA group, you know, there's MAGA and then there's ultra MAGA and then there's ultra, ultra MAGA. I don't know. I'm, I'm totally MAGA make America great again. But there are people in this MAGA world who look at me and like, they don't think I'm hardcore enough. And I'm like, what do you want from me? Donald Trump is going with Oz. I think I I respect. No, Trump is wrong. He doesn't get like they when they start making a case against Donald Trump, that's where they kind of like, all right, you're on your own here. But there are there is this part of I call it ultra ultra mega. I think ultra mega is fine. I'll wear ultra mega. I don't know. But I don't know who they are. I they're just and they were giving me a hard time on social media. Now I I enjoy it by the way, and some of my critics are they're brilliant, they're funny, they're insightful. And a lot of them, quite frankly, were mad that I was so down on Kathy Barnett. But you know what all these people were? White, Caucasian, and they could not get enough of Kathy Barnett. Now, she had her prominent black conservative supporters as well. But the reason why she was surging in the polls, white people loved her story. And they say that those white people are white supremacists. They do. You've heard it all week long. Again, you've heard it. You've heard it now for three years that America is systemically a racist country with bad police and the Black Lives Matter nonsense. And, oh, Trump is responsible. It's Trump, Trump, Trump. And this replacement theory stuff, which they don't know what they're talking about. It's not that. It's wild, though. Kathy Barnett, the hardcore hardest of the hardcore base of MAGA actually wanted to go with her. I consider myself MAGA, but these guys, whoa, okay? Anyway, so what does that mean? Well, number one, it's another example that this is not a white supremacist movement. They like the black lady, and that's fine. Now, I think, by the way, some of that, they liked her because she was black. And there is this thing called white guilt that is a real thing. Usually it works with liberals. Hey, do we have that Patrice Colors is now complaining about all the money she got for Black Lives Matter. She's the executive director, was, of Black Lives Matter. Now she's, like, complaining about all the money they got. Remember that? When Nike and the NFL and everybody else was writing huge checks to this uh, group? 
overnight they decided we got to do this. We got to. Oh, we 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 don't want the mob coming for us. We don't want protests outside of our, uh, our factory, our store, anything. We don't want a hard time. Write a check. Al Sharpton perfected this. Black Lives Matter. Whoa. Talk about on steroids. The shakedown operation. But now they don't like it because it was too much money, and it came from a place of white guilt. They're not wrong about the white guilt thing, actually. And it's particularly acute with liberals. Now, I don't have it. You don't have it. We're just born. We go about our lives, whether you're white or black or whatever. There's something else about white liberals. They tend not to be around too many black people, quite frankly, people of color. So they, I don't know what their hangup is. I don't know what it is about them. I'm talking about the white liberals, but there's a, an excessive deference, maybe, and perhaps low expectations, perhaps a little bit. Maybe you could call this bigotry. I don't know. The bigotry of low expectations. Somebody called it that once. So for people like me, probably for people like you, white, black, whatever, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, what did we do? We went to school together. We played football together. We worked jobs in retail together. We worked jobs in construction together. All right? Now, those are more diverse fields than, say, the New York Times up until about 10 years ago. Those are more diverse fields than most law firms around out there. Far more diverse. And we... If you consider yourself, if you come from the working class, you feel more comfortable with people who don't look like you. I hate, I hate putting it like that, and I don't want to put it like that. But for the moment, I'm going to use it. Does it make sense? So, hey, did you guys find that thing with George W. Bush? Oh goodness gracious, this guy, this guy, George W. Bush, who gave us the Iraq War. Oops, no weapons of mass destruction. Now, you tell me, was this a Freudian slip? What's going on here with W? W, not a smart man, should never have been president. Talk about privilege. Dare it? Damn it, I'll call it even white privilege. This guy did nothing with his life other than become a front man for the fourth place Texas Rangers. Somebody bought it dirt cheap and made him the face of the team. And six minutes later, he's president of the United States. I know people who know George H.W. Bush who worked for him and were, like, catatonic that this happened. What? That punk? W? That spoiled brat? Yep, him. Brought us to war in the wrong country. And screwed up not only the run-up to 9-11, but really, you look at this. Nobody wants to talk about this, but the summer of September 11th, the summer of 2001, August, there were all kinds of warning bells going off about Al-Qaeda planning to attack in America, possibly using planes as missiles. What the hell did George W. Bush do? He went on vacation. He went on vacation. Then they hit on 9-11. He had one good moment, the bullhorn moment. Remember, he was losing the crowd, and he just finally found his mojo for about 10 seconds, and it was a nice moment. And then he went right back to screwing up everything. We went to Afghanistan late and weak. Late and weak. We should have been pounding 
within six hours, and we could have been. Anyway, listen to what he says here. It's astonishing. Go ahead. Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Can I hear more of it when the crowd laughs and stuff like that? Iraq. I mean, Ukraine. (laughs) So... He said, brutal and unjustified. Freudian slip, what's going on there? At least it's on his mind. Maybe he finally knows, he's finally ready to admit that it was a mistake, a horrendous mistake, and one that, quite frankly, he doesn't... I'm not saying he should be prosecuted for war crimes, but when you take this country to war and it's wrong, totally wrong, you get the wrong country and you are reelected. No weapons of mass destruction? What the hell were they thinking, huh? So what they did was they fooled the working class in America. They fooled us. You know, we don't want to be one of those cut-and-run people, right? We don't want to be a cut-and-run country, so the right thing to do, the patriotic thing to do is reelect this guy. And he got reelected. And who paid the bill? The working class. Regular people. And their families. Who had to actually do the work. I'll never forgive that. Never. And fortunately, it gave us Trump. You know, we were just sick of being lied to. Sick of being lied to. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Who the hell goes to dinner parties anymore? Dinner parties. A dinner party. Oh, you sit down at a dinner party. I used to go, ah, why do I take that back? I was at one at about a month ago. Very refined. Um, Generally speaking, though, as soon as I eat a big meal, I kind of want to lay down. And you can't do that when you're at a dinner party at somebody's house. But um, watch out for this guy, Donnie Deutsch. He's got big plans for this weekend at a dinner party. He's going to take Buffalo the horrible thing that happened there, and use it as a as an excuse to shame his Republican friends because, yeah, that was a Republican up there who did it, right, Donnie? Yeah, sure, right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> what a piece of work. Where is this guy? Where is my? Where is Donnie Deutsch? Uh, Dad, 23, please. Cut 23. We get caught up in this. Make sure, almost guilt them, guilt the Republican. I can't wait to go to a dinner party this weekend and go, hey, guys. You, you okay with this whole replacement theory thing? With, oh, you're going to go to a dinner party. I'm sure you know more Republicans than Miles than I do at this I, point. I do, and you say that. They go, well, it's not the No, that is the party. That's what you're voting for. You don't get to pick and choose. You don't get to say, well, I like your fiscal responsibility. No. You see the 10 people that got killed in Buffalo? You own that, okay? Oh. That's the way you got to talk to people. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's going to be very, very helpful, right? He's wrong. 
He's wrong. The great replacement theory. As if conservatives have been talking about this. As if we're afraid of people who don't look like us. I hate that. I hate it when they put it like that, by the way. It's a lie, of course. It is a total lie. Hey, one one little example, by the way, small example, the great replacement. The hardest of the hardcore conservatives right now, a big chunk of them just voted for Kathy Barnett in Pennsylvania, who I believe is black. All right. Now, some of them voted for her because she was black. We talked about that, why that sometimes happens. This is not a racist movement. All right. And they're lying and besmirching and they're doing it for and even Joe Biden is doing it. And man, oh, man, oh, man. How about that, huh? Uh, cut 21. In the falsely believing that they will be replaced, that's the word, replaced by the other, by people who don't look like them and who are, therefore, in a perverse ideology that they possess and being fed lesser beings. I and all of you reject the lie. I call on all Americans to reject the lie. And I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. How about we condemn somebody like Joe Biden who falsely says that politicians and media, conservative media, are pushing this heinous theory? Because it's not happening. All right? This shooter, by the way, hated Fox News, hated MSNBC, hated everybody. He was deranged and he was a nut. All right, but we can't talk about we can't talk about mental health. The White House actually said the other day, no, no, you can't talk about mental health. That that makes mentally challenged people feel bad. No, you got to talk about racism and racism only. Amazing, amazing. And remember, remember what it, I condemn anybody. He said he condemns. He condemns. I don't think I can condemn anybody. By the way, do I condemn? No, I'm not going to condemn things. Hey, Joe, I thought your whole soul was into uniting this country, right? Remember that big promise you made when it felt good, when it was convenient on Inauguration Day, Cut 24? Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. Yeah, this white supremacist nation of ours, right? White supremacist nation. Yeah. Actually, liberals seem to be more concerned with people coming to America, both concerned and excited. Now, I, I think the answer is neither. Just go back to Martin Luther King, baby. Content of the character is important, not this stuff on the outside. Look at them. They're salivating. I think they sense that they could possibly irrevocably alter the country. I don't think they know what they're talking about. By the way, Hispanic people tend to be the most conservative now these days. And the biggest critics of Joe Biden. And a lot of them uh, (laughs) know firsthand, all right? I respect people who take the trouble to come here. They better do it legally, but I really do. Uh, Cut 22. What the hell is this about demographics as destiny? Uh, Listen to this. You'll hear some media people really, really get excited, overly so perhaps. Some freaked out. Cut 22. In a few years, we're going to be a majority brown country. White people will not be the majority in the country anymore. This will be the first generation ever in American history uh, in which whites will be a minority of the generation at some point. As of 2007, every year, babies being born in this country, whites now are the minority. In 2044, 
uh, everyone is going to be a minority. As the demographics change, as white people become the minority in the country, which is coming. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny. Demographics is destiny, right? The country is changing. I've been saying it here. Other people have been saying it here for years now, even before Donald Trump. The demographics is destiny. The white population is declining for the first time in history in America, while the number of multiracial Americans have more than doubled. So we live in a country where the demographics are changing. It's becoming less white. Correct. Okay. You'll be announcing that we're calling the 38 electoral votes of Texas for the Democratic nominee for president. It's changing. It's going to become a purple state and then a blue state because of the demographics, because of the population growth. Most of the people, not all, but most of the people you just heard from happen to be people of color. I'm just trying to imagine if a bunch of white people were saying, you know, the country's becoming whiter. It's going to happen. It's going to stay that. What? What? They just seem so fixated and thinking that America will change because of the complexion of an individual. Again, we want them to come here legally. Again, we want them to come here and pledge allegiance to our flag, to our values, to take the citizenship test, to do the necessary paperwork and pledge loyalty. And that's in there. And that's one of the reasons why I love legal immigrants, by the way. Because they not only take the citizenship oath, within the citizenship oath, they pledge to pick up arms for this country. Most people don't have to do that unless you join the military. they got to do it. That's something. doesn't matter where you're from. You can look it up. 2020. You know what? I should put that up on Twitter. I will in a little bit. Great picture from the 2020 convention. Donald Trump, uh, Pledge of Allegiance for folks from South Africa. Um, Central Africa, Northern Africa, South America, Asia, South Asia, all over the world. We love it. Welcome. Just come legally. Your color doesn't matter. Thank you. That goes to the Divorce Posse, a great band from the U.K. There's the music. I got to go. Your calls when we come back. The week is winding down. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Still kind of in shock that George W. Bush, that his arrogance, stupidity, that a man like that ever became president of zero accomplishment, really. Son of George H.W. Bush. And that he parlayed that into the presidency himself. You got to remember... In 1993, when Bill Clinton became president, right, January of 93, at that moment, W became the next president of the United States. Uh, Bill Clinton was the 42nd president and George W. Bush was the 43rd. Now, nobody knew it, but W was walking around and he was the next president of the United States. But where was he in January of 1993? Nowhere. Nowhere. He hadn't done anything with his life. If you came up with a list of 10,000 people who might be the next president, you wouldn't come up with George W. He hadn't held office. He hadn't won anything. He was a crummy businessman. He was a playboy. He was nobody. He became governor of Texas the next year, which, let's face it, it's not the hardest thing to do when your dad's the president to become governor of some state. It's just not. And by the way, being governor of Texas is no big deal. At least back then, it was structured that the lieutenant governor actually had all the juice it's a real figurehead position. Anyway, unbelievable. He come becomes president, and I think he had some sort of weird, you know, father-son-man thing going on with the old man. 
And W, H.W., they said he was a wimp, and W was not going to be a wimp, right? H.W., by the way, went to war. W avoided that. Um, H.W. was a no-kidding intellect. W. uh, not good at school. Uh, H.W. made a killing on Wall Street and other places and basically succeeded at everything he ever did. Uh, W. uh, not really. The only thing he did, and I commend him for this, by the way, he gave up drinking. But then again, we have video of him drinking after he was said to give up drinking. So not so sure if he really licked it. Hope he did. Whatever. Mediocre guy, never should have been president, and uh, and takes us to war in Iraq. Take, takes us to a horrible war. How many Americans, how many dead Americans needlessly? How many dead Iraq, Iraqis needlessly? And where were the WMDs? Zero WMDs. What, justice for Saddam? I get this all the time. Well, you know, we had to take out Saddam. No, not really. If I have a bad neighbor across the street... Do I level the entire block to get him out? No. You don't want to ruin the neighborhood. Well, that's what we did. We damn near ruined the world. And now he's out there giving speeches at the Elks Club in Dallas, Texas. And at least on some level, I think now he might just get just how much he screwed up. Go ahead. In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) Iraq, too. Anyway. uh, (laughs) 75. Uh, <laughs> hey, Trump's 75. Yeah, I mean Ukraine. I mean, no, it was horrible and I justified the invasion of Iraq. And unlike Ukraine, it's right next door to Russia. You know, I don't like Putin. I don't want there to be a war, but countries have been invading countries next door to them. Well, since we've had countries, okay? This is like as classic a war as you get, all right? Now, Putin thinks it's actually part of the same country, doesn't want Ukraine being too friendly with other countries, and there are all kinds of other things going on that we're not being told about, but whatever. Russia is right next door to Ukraine, and they want it back. I can actually understand that. Hey, let's look it up on a map. Is Iraq. It's not next to the United States, right? No, Canada is, and, and, and Mexico is, right? Okay. Iraq is how far? Let's see, 10,000 10, miles? Huh. So we, we flew, we flew, a, uh, how many guys did we fly? 50,000 guys over to Kuwait and had them wait around, okay, hmm, to get weapons of mass destruction, but there are no weapons of mass destruction. Oh, jeez. This gets stupider and stupider and stupider, yet we did it. No weapons of mass destruction. This guy's not held accountable. You know, it's really incredible. People try to cancel anyone who worked for the Trump administration. How could they have worked for the Trump administration? Don't give them jobs. Shun them. Shun them. Stephen Colbert said the other day that Stephen Miller, what do they call him? A 
redolent with racism or something like that. Just a horrible, horrible thing and false thing to say about a real patriot, a brilliant, brilliant patriot, by the way. And he said that that man should not be able to work in politics ever again and should be shunned and put out to pasture. He's 36 years old, by the way. I don't believe that at all, not for a second. But you know what? I could kind of see putting people out to pasture who helped bring us the Iraq war. People like, let's see, Paul Wolfowitz. Uh, Who else was involved in that nonsense? Doug Fyth. Um, the so-called neocons, Rumsfeld, too late for him, he's dead, but, and George W. Bush and Cheney. No, instead they got reelected. And somehow, (laughs) George W. Bush is seen as like an elder statesman. Why? You know what he thinks about us? Hey, do you have him speaking at 9-11, September 11th, this past one, the 20th anniversary of 9-11? I just sent you it a little while ago. You got it? All right. Listen closely, because he's talking about Trump supporters. Yes, he is. That's the message. He's going right along with that crazy January 6th committee that we are the ones to be afraid of. It is a lie, and here he is with all of that money, all that status, all of that leisure time. And you know why? where this is coming from? Personal hatred of Donald Trump, because Donald Trump made Jeb Bush look like the fool that he is. Go ahead. The security measures incorporated into our lives are both sources of comfort and reminders of our vulnerability. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdain for pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols. They are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. Huh? Children of the same foul spirit? What? No. How dare you? How dare you compare us? How dare you exaggerate January 6th? I have no use for this man whatsoever, and neither does America. America never, never deserved such a mediocrity as president. As president. Can you believe it? Hey, we haven't taken any calls yet. Uh, Rich is in Connecticut. Hi, Rich. Yeah, hi, Greg. How are you? Uh, I just want to uh, compliment you, but as you'd say, uh, there's going to be a but uh, after the compliment. So, um, uh, yeah. Your, your rejoinders uh, after uh, people make uh, strong statements are usually great. Uh, and um, yesterday, uh, a caller called in. Uh, he said he was a Korean War vet. And uh, he said, uh, why do we, you know, the United States, Americans, uh, our government, uh, have to stick our nose in other people's business? And uh, I think he set you up for a, one of your great uh, rejoinders and uh, to talk about why it's necessary uh, to help uh, stop uh, um, uh, massive uh, 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 dictatorships and attacks around the world, such as what we're doing in Ukraine. But uh, I didn't hear that. So if, if you don't, well, I don't I don't necessarily feel that way, for one. And number two, look, that was a nice guy, but I don't know. He seemed kind of angry, and he was kind of, you know, up there in age, and he was all over the place, and I had... So, um, but no, I, as, as horrible as uh, dictatorships are, and uh, it, the answer is not necessarily sending in, you know, 5,000... 
19 to 24 year olds with machine guns. It's just, it's just not it. it, A lot of folks who never served somehow think that the military is the perfect solution to the world's problems. I'm telling you firsthand, it's absolutely not. And most of the time, not all, but most of the time, military application, the, the use of military force can make whatever situation you're dealing with worse. So that's one of the reasons why I wasn't anxious to jump in there. And, and But he was all over the place. Thanks for listening, Rich. Anything else on your mind? Yeah, I just if I could give a quick uh, rejoinder to uh, uh, the support of, of uh, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Afghan War, all together. Just uh, I think the Koreans, South Koreans would say, hey, the Korean War was really important. And uh, I'm not talking. Vietnam- we, we, we're, we're, that's 70 years ago, man. We are where we are today. And we are getting tired of fighting wars. What the hell did we get out of the Iraq War? Let me ask you that. I mean, yes, two, th- two things. Uh, I think what? It's, it's important. You probably, distinguish- Rich. I think you. I think I have a feeling, though, Rich. You watched the Iraq War on TV, right? I mean, pretty much, right? Uh, yeah, you didn't go there. I'm All right. Gone. Now, let me ask you this: What? What about Afghanistan? Did you spend any time in Afghanistan? I was a teacher. I was a history teacher. All right, no, that's and that's valuable, and everybody has their role to play. Uh, so, <laughs> look, we had Can to go. We had to go to Afghanistan, uh, but we screwed it up. We went in light, and we went in late. We didn't have to go to Iraq War. So, look, uh, you would have handled the call from our friend from the Korean War differently. I respect that. That's fine, and I look look forward to listening to your radio show, Rich. Real quick, what subject did you teach? History. What did you like to specialize in? Uh, just uh, American history, world history, you name it. Uh, and what was the biggest excuse that students gave when they were not ready? You know, death in the family, um, uh, dog ate the homework. What would they do? Generally, they, they, I, I didn't. I didn't tolerate excuses, so they didn't give an excuse. They just said I didn't do the homework, and I accepted that. You know, for whatever reason, and uh, you know, they were distracted by this or that. Uh, I love it, Rich. So. You're a straight shooter, and uh, I've heard all kinds of excuses. I've made up a few. Myself, I hate to say. Uh, Stu is in Brooklyn. Yes, Stu. Hey, good afternoon, uh, Greg. Greg, uh, after the Oklahoma City bombing, you had the same drumbeat from the left about talk radio and they the same comments about Rush and Bob being the cause of all. I called Bob after that, and I told him something I'll share with you because he thought it was pretty funny. And what I said at the the time was, uh, it's like the blaming all these guys is like the scientists investigating the cause of tornadoes. And after his study comes out and declares tornadoes are caused by mobile homes. (laughs) That is pretty good. Bob, uh, Bob Grant chuckled. I'm chuckling too. Good stuff, Stu. That may, that's a great point. And you came up with that. Anyway, yes, how's life? I'm uh, 86, and someone said I got to think out of the box. My answer to that was, at my age, that means cremation. <laughs> I do not want to be in a box. I do not want to be in a coffin. I've had a fear of that since I was five years old. I don't know if you remember, but back in the 70s, some nut job hijacked a bus in California. A couple of guys did, actually, with the kids in it. And what did they do? They buried the bus with the kids in it alive. And I was, from that point on, 
just deathly afraid of being buried alive. When I found out the situation when we die in the coffin, I I was convinced that that was going to happen to me alive. I can't have that. Nobody can have that. It still stays with me. By the way, the kids survived. They were buried alive. They survived. And the hijackers, the kidnappers, one of them was just paroled. Like a couple of weeks ago, Gavin Newsom let him go. Which I'm not actually, you know, I was kind of, I'm not... I'm not necessarily against parole, and they didn't kill anybody, but, uh, yeah, they just got out of jail. Do you remember that, Stu? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. It was scary. As far as as being shot in, I remember USS Buttercup at OCS in Newport. They put you in a uh, section of a hope and then was in a pool, and they started sinking it. It was warning about damage control and combat. When the water got up to my nose, I was beginning to uh, have uh, a little bit of a reaction. A freak out. A freak out. Hey, what they did to us at flight school, listen to this. They had us sit in a metal cylinder, a big metal cylinder, and then they'd have us put blindfolds on. This metal cylinder was like a uh, picture a helicopter fuselage. Right, it was like a it was like a pretend helicopter that was hanging over a pool, and they strap us in, so we're strapped in, and then we're wearing blindfolds, so you can't see anything. They were actually darkened goggles. They lower the damned helicopter into the pool, and then they flip it upside down, and you have to wait until it stops moving, and it, you're totally submerged, and the water's coming up slowly uh, over your head. It's cold. And then you can't start your egress, your escape, until the helicopter is completely inverted and not moving. It was one of the hardest things that I ever did. Quite frankly, I had to do it multiple times because I kept trying to get out early. I was freaked out. Uh, Oh, boy, oh, boy, the things they make you do. Oop, it's time. Stu, thanks for the call. I'll be right back. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That's right. We were just talking about the military, and um, thanks to the U.S. military, the U.S. Marine Corps sent me all over the world and all over the country. I've lived in um, Virginia, North Carolina, Florida, the panhandle of Florida, the panhandle. You never know what's going to happen in the panhandle. Uh, Mississippi, uh, Arizona, California for a short time. I got to go to Bahrain, Kuwait, Iraq, uh, Eritrea. It's a little uh, place in Africa. Uh, Djibouti, uh, all over Europe, Sicily, uh, just uh, amazing places. A bunch of crazy islands in the South Pacific. And, uh, oh, I mentioned Arizona. Yes, I lived in Yuma, Arizona, a little border town. That's one of the things about legal immigration. Legal immigration, I like it. And there are great people there in Yuma. Some got there not too long ago. But this open borders policy or non-policy, let everybody in, it stinks. 
and everybody knows it. And the fake news, for whatever reason, uh, they weren't always like this, but they're really busting everybody's chops, who comes out for strong and sensible border policy, immigration policy. Cowrie Lake, Carrie Lake, is that her name? Carrie Lake. She's running for governor right now in Arizona. She's a former Fox anchor. The local news there in Phoenix for like 25 years. She did very well. I've interviewed her a couple of times, and she has this little thing she does. When she's interviewed by the fake news, she always has her own camera rolling. By the way, if you ever get interviewed by the fake news, whether it's print, uh, TV, anybody, you make sure you record it. And it's 99,000 times out of 100,000 times, it's totally legal. Um, It's one-party consent. So go ahead and tape it so you have a copy. And then when they write the story, you can see how they totally screwed it up and mishmash what you said and use it to their advantage. And then you got the copy. Anyway, Carrie Lake does this. And uh, a little snippet of an interview that she was doing, and they were giving her a hard time. And they said they won't cover her because... Well, let's listen to Carrie and this fake news reporter. Go ahead, please. It's... You got that on the sheet? It's um, 33. I offered my border policy to the Arizona Republic. Your management refused to take it unless I took out the word invasion, which tells me that you guys are on the side of the cartels. Well, then why did you agree to do an interview? Because you've been pestering me. That's true. You've been pestering so, me nonstop. Is the only discussion that the Arizona Republic is interested in is a far left discussion. And Stacy, you've been here ten months. You don't understand Arizona. I'm I'm sorry to say that. I'm out with the people every day. I'm out with hundreds of people every day, thousands of people. Some days, they're fed up at what's happening at our border. Why are I appreciate you, your time. Why we, are you we, we gave you one, we gave you one more question. You answered, asked the question. We've given you probably what five or ten minutes longer. I appreciate your time, but I'm, I'm really prepared for another hit piece from the Republic. The good news is our polling is showing that every day you guys write a hit piece on me or every week, and it's not sticking because the good people of Arizona, who I have a relationship with and I've had a relationship with for 27 years, are not buying the garbage that you guys are peddling. I don't it's understand biased. why you it's are biased. attacking my, you know, having lived here a short period of time. This is a state of newcomers. Lots of people are from... But I'm just saying, Stacey, you don't understand what the people of Arizona want. You don't understand the people because you haven't had a relationship like I have for 27 years. And you're here at 10 months acting like you know what the people of Arizona want when it comes to the border. The people of Arizona want a secure state. The people of Arizona want to make sure their kids don't get their hands on drugs. The people of Arizona want to make sure that the cartels no longer have operational control of our border. And we will, when I am governor, take back control of our border. We will finish President Trump's wall. We will send our Arizona National Guard down to the border. And we will arm them. We're not going to let people over. And when we find people, we're going to send them back. All right. All right. Is that good stuff? Take that, Stacy. Stacy's coming to Stacy's coming to Arizona, throwing her weight around, telling a twenty-five-year television veteran of Phoenix TV what's what in Arizona. How long did she say? Eleven months. Well, this is a state of newcomers. Yes, yeah, shut up. All right, who's <laughs> just all right? Calm, calm, calm down with that stuff. Uh, Eleven months. Yeah, a lot of reporters are like that. Drive by. That's what Rush called them. The drive-by media. 
That's a great example of that. Oh, do I have that other? I got another drive-by media thing. No. I had a guy the other day. He's at the Congress. He's uh, Garrett Hake. He covers Congress for NBC News, NBC Fake News. And he's like, this is the part I hate about my job. I have to tell everybody that Congress will not do anything about gun control. Uh, Republicans will obstruct and they will uh, interfere and they will ensure that no legislation, no gun control legislation is passed. And now an 18-year-old can buy a gun but can't buy a Bud Light. And that's just wrong. Well, maybe you should. Uh, and he's really upset that he only, you know, can only report that, nothing else. Well, stop being a member of the drive-by media, Garrett Hake, and uh, go work for – what's the opposition group to the – NRA, the National Rifle Association. I don't know. The ACLU? Who specializes in in, in anti-gun stuff? Everybody, basically. Okay? You can go join um, uh, Mrs. Brady. I have, I have no disrespect to your husband, but Mrs. Brady hates guns, and she's been doing that for a long time. You can you can put down your microphone and, and become a partisan. Okay? Stop pretending you're neutral, fake news. You're not. Hey, the whole thing about my show on at Newsmax, I tell you, I tell you, this is an opinion show. This, right now, what you're listening to is an opinion show. It is. It's my view. It's my take. You already know what's going on. You don't need some guy on 3rd Avenue to tell you what's going on. You already know. But what does it mean? What, how does it? There's a whole conversation to have about that. Oops. All right. That's it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, they're going to use the Defense Production Act for baby formula. That's when they can get private industry to uh, rejigger their tools to make baby formula. Are we really there yet? I don't know. Uh, Is this a political thing? Um, I do know that baby formula, we've been worried about it for a long time, and this administration failed to do anything about it. Becerra, he is the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary. This is his area. Totally blew it off. Hey, What do we think of this? Finland. All right, be honest. Where's Finland? Kevin, geographically, explain to me where Finland is. And I don't mean to do this. I'm not trying, you know, this is not Jay Leno, but where is Finland on the map? Don't look. Just tell me, explain to me where Finland is. It's in Europe. It's around, you know, the northern parts of Europe. Well, that's pretty damn good. You're off to a great start. Uh, Any countries that border on it? Uh, Sweden, Scandinavian, I believe, in the area, right? Uh, I should have asked. Somebody else. You're way too informed. Uh, But the point I want to make is that you're right. You're right. Uh, The only thing I know that you have not mentioned, I mean, literally the only thing I know about Finland, uh, other than having been there for a day, and it was a very quiet place, full of beautiful people, it does border on Russia. And it probably borders on Sweden. I think you're right about that. But I don't know. Anyway, Russia and... Wait, I'm sorry. Finland and Sweden want to join NATO. I'm not sure if that's such a hot idea. And it looks like the United States is saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Join, 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 join. I'm a little bit worried about a whole big wag the dog scenario. Remember wag the dog? It's a pretty mediocre movie from the 90s featuring Dustin Hoffman as an ad executive. And what do they do? They create a war to change the subject on the president who's suffering on a host of fronts domestically. He's very bad, so they want a war, so he'll be a hero. Does Joe Biden want a war with Russia? Sometimes I'm not so sure. Maybe he does. I would prefer not to have a war. 
And there are some very smart people out there, like Henry Kissinger. Uh, and what's the other guy's name? George Keenan, who said, you know what? NATO expansion is going to provoke the Russians. And they've been warning about this for decades. And we don't talk much about NATO, but they do. And NATO is right next door to Russia. They didn't want Romania joining, and they don't want Sweden and France joining. I don't know if that's a great idea. You know how NATO works, by the way. If one nation is attacked, it's considered that all nations are attacked. So let's say that um, we don't want Finland to be attacked, but let's say Russia's right next door and Russia decides to take over Finland. I guess we can't have that, but we're mm, Finland's not a good example. I just don't know if that works for us anymore. And when Donald Trump thought out loud about, hmm, does, is NATO really working for us? And considering that we're paying most of the bills, I don't know. You know who's against it? Actually, they just came out against it. Turkey. Turkey will say no. They will veto. And I believe each nation has veto power on this. The Turkish president says no to new members, potential members, Sweden and Finland. I would rather not make... Vladimir Putin, any madder and weirder than he already is. And I would like to remind people who don't agree with me or finding taking offense to all this. None of this would have been happening if Donald Trump were still in the White House. And I believe he deserves to be in the White House because I believe he got more votes. As Mark Levin would say, yeah, I said it. I think it was stolen. Can I prove it? No, I do not have the technical ability. I do have enormous circumstantial evidence, and so do you. And some of it isn't hard to understand at all. Pennsylvania, under the state constitution, there are two ways to vote, in person or absentee by excuse. If you want to change those rules, fine, but you got to change the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania's constitution. And they didn't do any of that stuff. They just invented a whole bunch of rules to swing this thing for Biden. And they did all kinds of other things to do it, to do it for Biden. And man, that makes me, that makes me really upset. And then they act like I'm committing treason or something like that when I raise questions about a, about a political issue. The election of 2020 is a political issue. We're allowed to talk about it. Oh, but if you talk about it, we'll have another January 6th. Well, that's why you guys exaggerate it and hype it. Blow it out of proportion. Hey, speaking of blowing things out of proportion, Charlottesville has been blown out of proportion. Yes, there was a race riot. There was a horrible thing that happened down there. Although I don't think I know all the facts about what happened down there, and neither do you. First off, Charlotte, I'm sorry, Charlottesville, Charlottesville, Virginia. What happened in the summer of 2017? There was a debate there as in communities all over the country, suddenly, for some reason, Candace Owens points out that this always takes place around election season, and now, well, every season is election season, that we had a debate about Confederate war statues. They've been around for 150 years, but all of a sudden it became the most pressing issue in America. To take down those statues. Now you can be a very fine person and be all for that. I understand the arguments, sure, Horrible era. We don't want to celebrate uh, the South and their seditious ways. You can put it any way you want. There are very fine people who believe that you should take down these statues. 
There are other people, very fine people, who believe that these statues should be preserved. It's part of our heritage, our our culture, our history. And you know what? None of that stuff is perfect. But if you start erasing history, what's the old slogan? You're bound to repeat it. So I believe that those statues should be maintained, and we can have that debate. Now, there are other radical nutjobs like Antifa who say the whole goddamn, excuse me, system must be destroyed uh, tomorrow and build again in socialist utopia. And then there are a very small number of numbskulls who say that, uh, and I quite frankly have not seen a, le- I don't want to say a legitimate white supremacist because they're not legitimate, but a no kidding bona fide white supremacist. Who is there? Show me one. Where are these guys? It's repugnant if they exist. It's like in the Blues Brothers. Show me the Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Remember that? And then Jake and Elwood drive them off the bridge. It's a great moment. Great movie. So um, they exaggerate it. They hype it. What else happened there? Oh, yeah. So there was a clash. I'm not exactly sure because I've been lied to so much and I just don't know anymore. But one person was killed, and that's a horrible thing. Now, what we've been told is a white supremacist. I'd like to check out if he really is. I don't know his name. I vaguely remember his picture. Jumped into a vehicle and ran over Heather Heyer, a young woman. I don't know anything about Heather Heyer. Was she with Antifa? I don't know. Or was she just one of those protesters arguing uh, about the statues, which is constitutionally permitted and it's beautiful and people do it? I don't know. I don't know any of this. Neither do you, by the way. It's all been brushed away. Now, I can roll up my sleeves and I will find out. I think I'm going to find out a combination of fake news and no news. So one person was killed at Charlottesville. Yet Charlottesville was President Biden's, like, cause d'etre. Is that the word? Raison d'etre. To be president of the United States. After Charlottesville, I knew I had to do something. I knew I had to run. Now, I don't believe that. And actually... He's contradicted himself on that a million times. But one person was killed. And that changed America forever? I don't want anybody to be killed, but that happens. People have been run over in New York City today. Ten people were run run over in um, Waukesha, Wisconsin. By a black extremist, uh, what do they call him? Black identity extremist. He was upset by the Rittenhouse, the Kyle Rittenhouse, not guilty verdict. How about the native of Syria who went on a shooting spree last fall at the King's Supermarket in Boulder, Colorado? You never hear about that one, do you? He killed 10 people. Now, they happen to all be white. The assailant, alleged, happened to be from the Middle East. Why don't you hear about that one? Why didn't Joe Biden go to that one and commiserate and talk about all the grief and how well he knows grief? Why not? Hmm? Because they're playing a game. They're playing a game with you, me, our country. And it's so obvious. So obvious. Hey, what the hell do they say on the news? Cut 29, if you don't mind. What you... I think just touched on, maybe inadvertently, is that where the mainstream of America is, is is frankly where President Biden was today. What she's saying is mainstream America doesn't like white supremacy. Of course not. But what Joe Biden is saying, that white supremacy is everywhere. Everywhere. And that people in the media, people in politics are pushing it. 
Not true. You can go to the depths of the Internet and find all kinds of things. Just because it's there doesn't mean it has a huge following. You can find websites dedicated to bestiality. Yeah, there are people out there who like to have sex with dogs. I mean, they're freaks, but they're out there. Is that sweeping the nation? Of course not. Have you ever heard about it uh, on, on conservative news, on mainstream news? No. But there are websites dedicated to this nonsense. Anything you're into, you can find. This guy was into all kinds of weird stuff all over the place. Don't blame it on Tucker. Don't blame it on Fox News. Don't blame it on me. Because we <laughs> love ideas and we don't care about race. And oh, by the way, remember, remember Kathy Barnett. Again, I have no use for Kathy Barnett. I think she's a crook and a fraud. But some people fell in love with that story, which I have doubts about her story that, you know, mother was raped and all that stuff. And, and, uh, but the mother chose life and that's beautiful, but I have some doubts about the, the timeline. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But some people just was, oh, wow, what a powerful story. And the way it was told, it was powerful. Hey, do me a favor. Give me that Kathy Barnett video where she's talking about her, uh, how she was born and the mother and the father, right? It's a, it's a very high-end, well-produced video. And some people love that. They happen to be hardcore MAGA types. I mean, hardcore. I mean, I'm MAGA, but these people are more MAGA than Trump. They're more Trump than Trump. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with that sometimes, to be honest. And they're coming at me like, how could you not like her? These are all white people. These are all hardcore. These are the people that Joe Biden says are white supremacists, and they're rallying around Kathy Barnett. Well, they rallied around. Kathy Barnett will not be a U.S. senator, at least not this time. Looks like it's going to be Dr. Oz. Very close still, but uh, he's got the he's got the several thousand vote lead. And I think this thing should be wrapped up pretty soon. Oh, I got to wrap up this segment. I'll be back in a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, hello. It's cloudy and lots of traffic out there. A lot of traffic. Oh, I had to take the subway before. I used to take the subway every single day. It wasn't such a big deal. Then, quite frankly, all the crime started happening. I had a couple of bad experiences down there. Quite frankly, people are recognizing me more, and not everybody agrees with the stuff I say. So uh, I have not been going on the subway. You get down there, you know, look, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. If somebody starts giving me a hard time, I'm going to get the hell out of there. But if you're on the subway, there's nowhere to get the hell to. You know, you're, it's a confined area. And um, no, I am. I made that mistake once or twice, you know, not backing down. You know, all it takes, you know, you see people in TV, you know, they get a punch, you know, they get punched in the face and they just fall down and they get back up or they, they get knocked out and they get back. Oh, yeah, I just came to. Oh, boy. No, you can really your whole life can be messed up forever. One punch. One punch. I know. I think my cousin was once punched in the jaw. It broke. It, it didn't ruin his life, but it certainly ruined his summer. Got punched in the jaw. He had to eat liquid. He couldn't eat solid food for two months. He lost a hell of a lot of weight, but uh, I don't need screws in my jaw, do you? So I'm going to get the hell out of there if there's violence and if someone's threatening me. Unless unless I can verify a few things. No weapon, absolutely no No, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to get the hell out of there. 
And I'm not going to do it anymore. I don't like riding the subway. So I wrote it today. Very unpleasant. One stop, I was out of there. I know some people have to do it. For a long time, I had to do it. Now I don't have to do it. I'm going to find alternative means, methods. Except the bus. Had it with that thing. John in Long Beach, yeah, what's up? Hey, uh, Greg, uh, great show. Um, I want to go back to uh, NATO and Finland and Sweden. I think I agree with you. I think it's a bad idea. Um, basically, we're poking Russia in the eye. I know Putin's a punk, but um, we got to make a deal with this guy. And I think we should just say, look, uh, we'll add these guys if you don't pull out of Ukraine. Let's make a deal. Yeah, I uh, I don't like I don't think we should be any pr- more provocative with with Putin, especially when we have a woke military doing all kinds of other things rather than getting ready for war. John, thousand percent agree. Hey, real quick, why the hell does it take so long to get to Long Beach? <laughs> I uh, we, we talked about this last time. Uh, it, it's it's hard. It, it could do better. Uh, a lot, you know, it, traffic's one thing, but just maybe uh, they didn't plan on the community getting so populated because uh, they might be, you know, thinking it's back a hundred years ago. Yeah, it's so close, but yet so far. John, thank you very much. Uh, Bridget is in New Jersey. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Greg. How are you? Um, love your show, by the way, on Newsmax. Uh, just real quick, because I noticed that um, that I don't think you've mentioned it. I haven't heard too many people focus on it, but it's really serious. I think it's more serious than the election. What uh, the World Health thing this year? Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling it, you were going to go there. Yeah, tell me what the hell is going on. Yeah, I don't even know. Well, well, what it is is that um, our illustrious uh, president is about to hand over our entire uh, health. Uh, care system over to the WHO, and they're voting on it because what has happened is that um, they have amended uh, a treaty that we had with WHO, which basically put us in a position to where they would have to come to us. In other words, they couldn't dictate to us anything that they put, they established, so such as mandates or anything regarding any type of health emergency. Yeah. But right now, by them doing that, they've now positioned us to where they're basically going to sell our health care system over. So the who could turn around and could give us in perpetuity, basically, health emergency. All right. I'm still a little messed. I'm still a little confused. I mean, we could always blow it off. I mean, the who is not going to attack us with an army or anything like that. What do they have? A bunch of doctors and orderlies. They can't do anything to us, so we could do whatever we want. I mean, I know he signed a piece of paper, but Trump can come in, unsign that piece of paper, or just blow it off, right? Well, yes, but the the whole deal is is this. While we still have um, our illustrious leader, I choose the words differently, in office, right now we've got elections coming up. What happened in 2020? They used COVID. So basically, if this goes into to signage, they're, this administration is going to abide by it. So basically, the WHO, they've sold us over to slavery. All of our health is basically in their hands. Yeah. So they can declare anything between now and November. It's not a good deal. Do you remember when Trump was uh, talking about leaving the WHO, the World Health Organization? And he said, because they've been wrong. They've been wrong. And it was really great. It was so honest. It was so honest. i got to find this clip. He's like... You know, I become president, and what do I know? World health sounds marvelous. What, 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 why not? And then I find out the rest, that they're always wrong. 
And I love it. I mean, the World Health Organization, like, it just sounds so holistic, right? I mean, how could you not like the World Health Organization? Well, then you find out it's uh, U.N.-related. It's all corrupt. they got all kinds of weirdos running it, and uh, it's very pro-China. It helped China cover up COVID. And who the hell needs them? I think we should leave the WHO, World Health Organization. They're not. It's a very unproductive organization. Excuse me. Hey, uh, B- Bridget, you mentioned this before. i got to check it out, and I will. All right? Excuse me. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Maria. Hi, Greg. How are you? Uh, good. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, babe. What's up? Okay. First of all, how's your Twitter account? Are you up to a million yet? Funny you should mention that. Uh, I'm tweeting like a lunatic. And for a couple of, for two weeks, when Elon Musk took over, it was like, wow, you know, everything was happening and, you know, gaining followers and you tweet once and, you know, everybody's looking at it, talking about it. And now it's back to where we started from. It's back to, ooh, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like I've been shadow banned all over again. And I'm hearing that from a lot of conservatives. They're playing games with us all over again. Elon Musk does not formally own Twitter and I think they're still screwing around with it, and maybe they're not as afraid of Musk as they used to be. Why do you ask? Okay, no, I was because I have congratulated you on a half a million, but I'm calling for something else. Oh, yesterday when the president went to uh, Buffalo, was it? Yeah, day before yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I am so angry. I'm so mad. I'm disgusted. Do you remember when we lost those 13 Marines because of that Afghanistan? What did he do for those poor people? They didn't get nothing like George Floyd. Those poor people lost their family, their kids, their husbands, brothers and sisters, and he was too busy looking at his watch. It was disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. You're absolutely right. And I'm angry. I'm very, very, very angry. I don't blame you. And um, I, you're right. You're right. You're right. Gosh, you know what? Even I can forget about that horrendous loss in Afghanistan and those 13 Marines and soldiers. And oh, by the way, what about the dozens who were wounded? Nobody ever talks about them. The military doesn't want us finding out anything more about them. Maria, there's the music I appreciated so much. Sorry, I called you babe, babe. I shouldn't have done that, but uh, you're the best, Maria, and I'll be back soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. A reminder, what month is it? May, right? Not that reminder, but we're going to have an election. It's going to be here before you know it, uh, November. And Kathy Hochul, no way, no way. What What an airhead. I'm sorry. She's just not ready. Accidental governor. Cuomo did not make her 
lieutenant governor because she was in any great shakes. I'm guessing she was probably a good at fundraising. Not good at politics. She was a one-term member of the U.S. Congress like 15 years ago. Who cares? Now she's governor. And because of the laziness of our media, uh, in part the laziness of the voters, hey, me too. Who the hell's my state senator? I have no idea. But I got to get involved in this one. I got to find out who my assemblyman is well. But anyway, um, Kathy Hochul, no good. I'll get to her silliness in a second here. Who do you got? To, who do we have to choose from? We have Tom Swazi on the Democrat side. I generally do not lean Democrat, but I like Tom Swazi. He'd be a hell of a lot better. He's running against her, Tom Swazi. What was he before? He's a congressman now, and I think he was a, a county executive, right? Uh, when uh, went to run for governor, probably too early back in the early two thousands. So let's see what else. We got Andrew Giuliani on the Republican side. He'd be great. We got Rob Astorino on the Republican side. He'd be great. And we got uh, Lee Zeldin, congressman from Long Island. He'd be great. Kathy Hochul, not great, not even good. Listen to this stuff. Cut three. The case of Buffalo, I want to be very clear about what happened. This is white supremacy in this nation at its worst. It's infecting our society. It's infecting our nation. And now it's taken members of our family away. Hate has not just affected our society and how people think. It's literally been weaponized. That's the intersection of two crises right now that are unfolding in our country. The mainstreaming of hate speech, of racism, nationalism, white supremacy, and the easy access to military-style weapons and magazines. We can no longer look away, and we're not just going to call it out. We need to directly address the deadly threat that it is. Mm. Uh, Mainstreaming? Mainstreaming. Mainstreaming white supremacy. You know what she's talking about. She's coming after the usual suspects. Tucker, right-wing media, uh, no. Trump, Trump supporters try to besmirch all of them. Remember the number one uh, MAGA person in America up until two nights ago was Kathy Barnett. Happens to be a black woman. Happens to be they didn't really care about that. They loved her stance on the issues. They loved her story. I think it was phony baloney, her story, but whatever. Race, your color doesn't matter, Kathy. But I know you're excited because, well, after the subway shooting, you had absolutely nothing to say other than cut it out. This is going to have to stop now. Now you sound like, uh, oh, you sound... Like a social justice warrior, a racial justice warrior. This is, uh, ooh, these talking points. Cut four. And the truth is the most serious threat we face as a nation is from within. It's not from the Russians. It's not from people elsewhere. (laughs) It's white supremacism. It's white nationalism. And it's time we confronted it head on. Where? Where is it? You know, she was in the Cuomo administration during uh, Black Lives Matter summer when they were raging, looting, burning stuff down, killing cops all over the place. But that was good. That was good. Can you imagine if the white supremacists were running around like that? Number one, there were there'd be three of them out there. Three. Because that's all there are. (laughs) It's just the number one threat, the number one threat. No, this is the number one tool you will use to gain political power. I'm sick of this. 
Oh, wait, what is this? She's going, oh, here we go. Oh, now she's getting very serious. An executive order. She's going to sign some paperwork. Listen to uh, cut five. Today I'm signing an executive order <gasps> to establish a unit in the Office of Counterterrorism at the Department of Homeland Security. Damn. And emergency services. Yeah. Focusing exclusively on domestic terrorism. Exclusively. First time ever. Weren't they doing that already? They'll develop the best practices, best practices. for law enforcement, Sounds for mental health professionals, yeah. for school officials to address, address. the rise in homegrown rise. extremism. Oh, that's a lot of little caveats she had to put in there, right? This, that, and the other thing. Homegrown extremism. Kind of like uh, Frank James, the guy who shot up the subway. How about the Waukesha driver at the parade? Why the hell are you only concerned about white supremacy, which is essentially non-existent in this country? Why is that? Are you ashamed or something? Huh? I'm, you know what I'm sensing? I'm sensing a little bit of white guilt. Do we have a case of white guilt here? We have a rich white lady from upstate. She wants to show how down she is. Is that the issue here, Kathy? Something doesn't add up. And now you're going you're gonna to pretend that you can do something with the social media. Cut six. These social media platforms have to take responsibility. They must be more vigilant in monitoring the content, and they must be held accountable for favoring engagement over public safety. So today, I'm announcing a referral to the Attorney General's office <gasps> to investigate the social media platforms <gasps> that broadcast this horrific attack, Woo. that promote and elevate hate speech. Wow and le- legitimize the replacement theory yeah. in the mind of an 18-year-old, a radicalized 18-year-old. Well, go to 4chan.worldkong.whatever-the-hell uh, uh, that website he was looking at, one that I've never even heard of. I go to four websites, basically. I go to the New York Post. I go to Drudge. I go to Mediaite sometimes, the Daily News, and one or two other I'm not going to talk about right now. So what? This is the basement. This guy was hanging out in the basement. You're trying to make it sound like he was a Fox News watcher. You see what's happening? You see how cynical they are, right? How nasty. And they're willing to lie. This is, this is the raw pursuit of power. You know, she, wants, she wants this term for four years. By the way, the governor of New York doesn't really do all that much. Got to remember that. They don't have all that much power. It's essentially a part-time job. Hey, Dennis has something to say. Dennis is in New Jersey, yes, sir. Hey, Greg, a question. How come when a black guy Mm -hmm. shoots white people, he's basically, uh, well, he's angry because his ancestors were slaves. But when white people shoot a black person, he's a domestic terrorist, and in addition to being a domestic terrorist, He's also a white supremacist. Hey, what about when black people shoot black people? It's not covered. It's it's just like it didn't happen. It's kind of crazy. Yes, there are all kinds of little games they play, the media, when they tell these stories or don't tell these stories. And it has everything to do with race. Nothing to do with humanity. We're all human beings, right? It is insane. It's perverted and corrupt what they've done to us. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, how do we feel right now? How do we feel? Do we want to hear that fake news reporter try to take down Kathy Hochul? No. Do we want to hear 
the Washington Post reporter fake cry on the TV about something that never happened? Yeah, let's hear that. This is Taylor Lorenz. She's a reporter who makes a habit of publishing the private information of ordinary people in her Washington Post column, prior to that, the New York Times column. And here she is crying her eyes out because somebody said something mean to her online. Cut 27. I've had to remove every single social tie. I had severe PTSD from this. I I contemplated suicide. It got really bad. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the Internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating and terrifying. It's horrifying. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's overwhelming. It's really hard. (laughs) She's faking it. I watched it three times. She's definitely faking it. I can't stand to see people cry. But when they're fake crying, no, she's fake crying. And she's the main instigator of all this stuff, all this nonsense. She wrote a big story about this, Nina Jankowitz, who was going to take over. Does anybody care about this? It's a real Inside the Beltway story. I do find it kind of interesting. The Digital Governance Board. Homeland Security was going to set up this little operation to label things misinformation and disinformation and counteract it. Counteract misinformation and disinformation. And liberal lunatic Nina Jankowitz was going to lead that effort. Here's Can we have a little bit from liberal lunatic Nina Jankowitz? Here she is singing a crazy song about Rudy Giuliani. Cut 25. It's how you hide a little uh, Stop it, stop it, stop it. I don't want to hear that again. <laughs> it's too bad. It's going to give me bad dreams. She's playing um, Mary Poppins, and it's a spoof song about Rudy Giuliani pushing disinformation, which he was not. I, By the way, I already predicted Rudy Giuliani will get a Medal of Freedom richly deserved by Donald Trump in his second administration. All right, here's something better. Uh, not her singing. This is Nina Jankowitz pretending that she's non-biased, pretending that she's... Nonpartisan, saying all kinds of wrong, wildly wrong partisan stuff. Cut 26. Uh, there's never been any indication that Hunter Biden was in anything untoward. Um, and this has, you know, spun into a whole other host of, of nonsense, basically, that Joe Biden withheld aid to Ukraine. There's already this idea, this allegation <clears throat> that there is anti-conservative bias on the platforms, even though there has been study after study proving, in fact, that often it's liberal voices that are being silenced, particularly minority voices um, on social media. Did you hear that? Hear those lies? Did you hear when she said Hunter Biden has done nothing untoward? I played this last night Then I put up 50 pictures of Hunter snorting uh, cocaine off of the asses of various prostitutes around the world. That's a little bit, I would say, untoward. That and the crack, okay? That and $11 million over nine years from China. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's just not me saying it. Or NBC News, even the fake news has got to come out and say, now that we all know the laptop is real, there's evidence in there that Hunter Biden got $11 bucks from China. And how much did he have to give to the old man? Was it 10% or half? We don't know for sure. Hunter's business associate said they have to give 10% to the old man. But Hunter's own daughter received the message from Hunter complaining that or promising her that she would not have to give him half of her salary like he had to give his father for all these years. 
Oh, man, they're corrupt. Hey, the rumor going around is um, Joe Biden later this year will have to say he's not running for re-election. This is going to come after the shellacking they will get at the during the midterms. I can't believe he's actually telling telling people he's could run. No, everybody knows that. Everybody knows he can't do it. Uh, DJ in Manhattan, yes, sir, or yes, Hi. ma'am. Hi, Hi, Greg. How are you? How are you? Good. Listen, I'm calling about uh, Eric Adams. Mm. Eric Adams said when he was uh, elected that. Uh, a big chunk of his salary paid in cryptocurrency. Yeah. And the crypto really collapsed. Right. One month dropped 30%. Over a year dropped like 90% or something like that. Yeah. So that explains maybe why he's in bad mood, why he's subdued. Oh, I don't think he's subdued. He's enjoying, he's partying his ass off. He's out and about doing all kinds of stuff. I don't think he's in a bad mood. And also, I don't think he was actually allowed to pull that off. The conflict of interest board or somebody said, no, you can't be paid in crypto. The paper had some item. If he had been paid in crypto, he would have lost uh, X amount of dollars by now. So um, I don't know. Why? You think he's in a bad mood? Not that I care, but I, don't, I, don't I mean, I, I, I care about you, but I don't care about Eric. What about why do you say he's in a bad mood? Uh, before he was all over the place, uh, smiling, laughing. Now I don't see him anymore. He was at a party last night. He was at a big party last night. He was at a big party at the Pierre Hotel last night. I wasn't invited to the party. I mean, when I see that, I don't see him on TV or things like that, you know? Uh, he, well, we haven't had a shooting in a while. Now, that's when he really goes into overdrive. I mean, we've had shootings all the time, but not a big one that catches the uh, attention of the world's media. I'm sure he wishes Buffalo happened in New York. Ah, I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm not going not to go that far. But we haven't had a major, major thing since the subway thing, right? Right? Okay, I thought he liked to show up. So he was saved by the bank. Wait a second. What are you talking about? He went to that silly Met Gala. He's all over the place. He's still just, he's not working. He's playing. Trust me. All right. Anyway, hey, DJ, it's time for me to get another banana. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. All right. Another pr- a preview for my nighttime show on Newsmax. What the hell am I going to do? I've got... Uh, oh, now I remember what I wanted to do. Okay, Fiona Hill. Who remembers who that is? Fiona Hill. She just came out publicly and said Donald Trump needed to be explained everything by Vladimir Putin during their conversations. Remember? Remember they famously met and um, the word was from Fiona... Fiona Hill said this recently on TV, okay? Check it out on Twitter. Fiona Hill, do you remember her? She was that Brit with the, you know, really stuck-up way about her during impeachment. She was one of the advisors on Ukraine. I have no interest in your inquiry apart from the truth. I am only here to provide knowledge and insight about my own personal... Total snob, excuse me. And uh, she gave the swamp what it wanted, phony dirt on Trump... They rewarded her and uh, with a couple of things. Time Magazine cover, although that's kind of meaningless. Still, I'm sure she liked it. A nice big uh, academic job, an easy breezy one. Uh, a book that nobody wants to read. Uh, a speaking gig. Uh, about 20 or 30 useless profiles in the New York Times. And, uh, you know, you can't just testify 
and get all that stuff and not still go to work for them. They need they need they need raw meat. They need you to say stuff. She came out and said, "What did she say? Did you find it yet?" She goes, "Donald Trump was being explained everything by Putin. Putin had to explain everything to Donald Trump." where Ukraine was, what Ukraine is. And she's like, Joe Biden understands it all. Uh, Number one, we all know that Joe Biden doesn't understand it all. But I started thinking about this and like, wait a second, Donald Trump having asking Putin to explain this doesn't sound what's going on here. What's going on here? And then I'm like, aha, aha. What did what did what did Ralph Kerman say? Aha. I knew there had to be a by the way, some way, somewhere. All right. So what is the. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. So Putin understands English, but he never speaks English in public. So when he's around uh, foreign leaders, there are interpreters all over the place, right? It gives him an advantage. So let's say Trump says something to him, you know, you know, Vladimir, I don't I'm not going to take your crap. He can understand what he's saying right away. Now, Trump knows that. I know he knows that. But they got to go through the rigmarole of an interpreter sitting there and says, after Trump says what he says, he turns to Vladimir and says, uh, you know, all that stuff in Russian. So Putin has even more time to figure out what he's going to say. And that's an advantage. And then he says something in Russian. He knows what it is. He can think and he can watch Trump's reaction while he's not speaking. It's a real interesting kind of dynamic that Putin plays all the time. So I could see Trump doing the same thing. And how would he do it? So, Vladimir, tell me about this thing with Ukraine. I mean, what do you want with Ukraine? And Fiona's like, I don't believe this. This is in the briefing book I wrote for him. I I, I cannot believe he's asking such rudimentary questions. I cannot believe it. Well, he knows what's happening. He knows what's going on. He gets it better than you do, Fiona. And remember... He was elected, not you, you silly person. By the way, she comes over here from the UK, fine, and then badmouths us. I don't know. I, I just don't like, I don't, I don't, I don't. Hey, when does a new Top Gun movie come out? Everybody should go to my Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA. I like Tom Cruise, but let's face it, he's no Greg Kelly. There's a big Top Gun poster, and I'm looking at Tom Cruise standing in front of a plane, with his flight suit on and his equipment. But it's all make-believe. I've done that in real life, and I put a picture of me right next to it. I will watch the movie. I like Tom Cruise. I like that this movie was made. However, I will go there with my computer and my laptop and my iPad and my phone, and I will live tweet every step of the way just how uh, if they get anything wrong in that movie. All right, some of you have been on hold for a long time. Dennis in Staten Island, yes. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, real quick. Okay. Uh, I don't know if anybody's talking about it or if you've ever heard about it, but most of these young white men who have been doing all this mass shootings, uh, most, if not all of them, were on prescription prescribed drugs, you know, to. What happened? What happened? Is he still there? Uh, Shoot. Now it looks like uh, very suspicious that we cut his line. Number one, uh, what was his name again? Uh, sir, I, Dennis, I have heard that before, and I think you. I think it's worthy of discussion and debate. Thank you for reminding me. I'd like to know if this guy was on anything. 
And oh, by the way, one of the reasons why we don't have that debate is because the pharmaceutical companies are the biggest advertisers in the world. And they certainly don't want their products being called into question. I think that's one of the reasons why we can't have a full and honest and fair conversation about that. And we should. Victor in Pennsylvania. Thank you, Dennis. Good point. Uh, Victor is in Pennsylvania. Hey, yeah, what's up? Hey, Greg. Uh, You know, you were talking about uh, uh, Trump's record of endorsements. Compare that to Obama's, you know, because you said nobody wanted to. Remember when Obama came out and he was uh, uh, ballyhooing some people? It went nowhere. He lost big time. He has no... uh... No coattails, as they say. Victor, you're right about that. Uh, I got to get one more. Joe is in Newburgh, New York. Yes, Joe. Mr. Kelly. Yeah. Question, please. Uh huh. From the early 1960s, there was the uh, Lodge Act, which said that foreign nationals successfully and honorably serving in the American military were granted citizenship. Hmm. With regard to, well, I ask this with regard to uh, DACA's and Dreamers and the present wave of illegal. These people want to become Americans. Uh, why not sign them up? Well, uh, number one, I don't think the Lodge Act is in effect anymore. You can serve in the military, not be a U.S. citizen, and come out not a U.S. citizen. The Lodge Act, I think, did away with that. You served for, what it was it, three years, four years, you automatically became a citizen. That's not, I don't think that's in effect anymore. Hey, by the way, it is interesting. You can be a member of the U.S. Marine Corps, the Army, and not be a citizen. And I believe it's named for Henry Cabot Lodge, who, by the way, was Nixon's running mate in 1960. That's all I know about it, though, Joe. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax. Many thanks, pal.